Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hot Seat with Cognizant Clay. I am your host, Clayton Terrio. Today on the show, we have Mark and Alex Starrett. Mark and his wife are the founders of the Starrett Family Foundation. It was founded to raise awareness and funds for neuromuscular conditions and to make the world more accessible to those with disabilities. Alex is 12 years old and is diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. I hope you guys enjoy it. So to start off, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good to hear. It's a little different this last year with, with COVID, but I think we're all sick of it, but we're, we're maintaining. And so I will just be asking both of you some questions and just answer to the best of your ability. And Mark, I will start with you and then go to Alex and then back to you and then so-and-so. So just to start off, I'm, I'm going to start with your Paralympic stuff, Mark. So you were a director of the Paralympic Foundation of Canada from 2015 until 2019. And I'm just curious, how did that opportunity come about for you? It, it was interesting. So in Calgary, I had been involved a little bit on some of the very, very early meetings uh, when it came to the Olympic bid in Calgary. And one of the exciting uh, benefits of that is I got to meet two really wonderful people that happened to be former presidents of the Paralympic Foundation of Canada and the Paralympic uh, Committee, uh, Dr. Uh, David Legg and uh, Pat Jarvis. And both of them, uh, uh, when they heard about our family and we got to know each other, really encouraged me uh, uh, to join the board of the Paralympic Foundation, which had just been relaunched uh, to support uh, not only accessibility to all sports, but also to support some of our uh, shining lights when it comes to uh, athletes around the country. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And, and what kinds of things were you responsible for as the director? Well, I mean, really, the, the whole board was focused on trying to build community and build financial capacity uh, for the foundation. So we had board members across the country, and, and our mandate was to try to tell the story of what it meant to be uh, a Paralympian uh, and, and highlight some of the stories and look to uh, gain funding to help make their journey easier. And an unintended consequence is how the grassroots of some of these sports start, because you, you don't grow up one day being an Olympian or Paralympian. It starts in being involved in sport at a very young age and, and having more access to programs uh, is something that the Paralympic Foundation of Canada was really um, supportive of. Definitely. And, and I've noticed the last few Paralympics, how much it really has improved, like sellout buildings and everything. And it, it really is cool to see it sort of evolve because in my opinion, the Paralympics should be held at the same time as the Olympics, because there's really no difference. I mean, it, it's impressive all the way through. And w what are some of your favorite memories from your time with the Paralympic Canada? Well, I mean, whenever you have the Paralympics themselves, um, come whether it's a summer or winter, um, pro probably my fondest memory is uh, sitting and watching in our basement next to this guy, um, the gold medal game of the uh, para ice hockey, uh, formerly known as sledge hockey. And there's a debate of whether the players love the new name or not, but they're getting used to it. Um, but we had to actually live stream because it wasn't being covered on Canadian television. 
And so to see that exciting game that went from, what was it, a, a tie yeah, that- OT, yeah. Canada, US. We, like. we, we, we missed a post um, of an empty net and then they came back and score to tie and then win in overtime uh, was an exciting moment. Definitely, and, it's and then getting to know some of the um, uh, some of the athletes over the years that played on that ice, and were not only disappointed but have so many huge successes um, uh, before and since. It's really exciting to know the people behind the moments. Definitely, and Brad Bowden was one of my favorite interviews. He's he's a rather famous Canadian sledge hockey player, para ice hockey, if you will. But it it was just cool. It's cool to talk to them and just listen to the process that's involved and how they got into it and so on. And it's really cool. And so so Alex, so you were born with type two spinal muscular atrophy, and as a young man with that condition, what kinds of challenges are you faced with? for me it's like just everyday stuff like being in a wheelchair not being able to pick up stuff from the floor walk uh not walking everything that comes with that um but yeah I don't know it's just everyday stuff that I'm used to now that I don't know how it could be different Right. And I, I feel the same way living with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's like, it is what it is. You're going to have to deal with what you have and just stay as positive as you can. And who are some of the people in your life that help you the most to stay positive? Uh, probably Devin, you, daddy, and mommy mainly. Who's Devin? Uh, Devin, how, how would I explain to you? <laughs> I don't know. He's sitting off to the side here. He's one of Alex's aides. Um, that has been with our family for more than four years and um, not only Devin but all the other aides that have helped our family and helped specifically Alex are, are there's a special place in our heart for them. Definitely and, and I live in a it, I'm, I'm 28 now so I live on my own but the PSWs that have helped me over the years you, you kind of gain an appreciation for the job and and become friends with them and it's it's really cool that you know, they're, they're willing to help disabled people. And it's, it's great to, to have that relationship with them. And Alex, if you could teach someone one thing about SMA, what would you tell them? That's probably, that's no different than normal. Like, there are some, I guess, side effects, but I like thinking of them as differently abled rather than disabled or something like that. Exactly. And, and, you know, there's, there's things we can do that others can't as well. Like able-bodied people can't really relate and, and it's up to us to teach them. And, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about Alex is you were in the Canadian tire first skate commercial with the sledge, with the sledge hockey that it was a young boy trying sled jogging for the first time. What was your favorite part about being in a commercial? To be honest, probably talking to the assistant director, I think it was, and saying, because the Flames and the Canadians were playing that night. And I said, Flames are going to win for nothing. And the Flames won for nothing. Oh, wow. There you go. Good prediction. That's, that's awesome to hear. And how, how did that opportunity come about to be in that commercial? I think it was... Uh, uh, it was through my sledge hockey group. Yeah, through the sledge hockey group on, on Facebook. Somebody had posted. 
uh, and and my wife uh, Alex's mom Jen uh, uh, saw it and and passed it over to me for the opportunity and uh, did a couple of interviews over Zoom because the director yeah. I think was down in the states at the time, but uh, they they liked his look I guess and and how he answered the questions and. The rest became history. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's an awesome commercial, and it was on quite a bit during the World Juniors and gives you a little bit of bragging rights, so that's good. And so so I'm going to do my famous rapid-fire section, and for each question, I would please like an answer from both of you. So to start off, who is your favorite person from Alberta? Oh, my goodness. That's always a hard one. You know go first, but... Huh. Oh my goodness, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and, 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 and we've watched all of these, uh, Clayton. So the, the, the fact that we're surprised and don't have something off the top of our head is really disappointing because all the other answers are good. Yeah. Um, I would say, and it's going to be a cop out in terms of it's not a famous person, but that's fine. I, I think there's a lot of people in the community here in Calgary that I've looked up to in my professional career. Um, and, and some of the people that are just really good community builders um, uh, that, that I would, and, and if I name one, then all of a sudden everybody else will get upset with me, but um, <laughs> it's not a famous person. I'd, I'd say there's just a lot of great community leaders in Alberta um, and in Calgary that are putting, um, putting everybody before their own needs, I guess. And I admire that. Yeah, so every pretty much every community leader. I like that. That's that's a that's a that's a good answer. Alex, do you have one or not really any I, famous hockey players or anything like that that I you guess know? the only person that comes to mind that's on the flames that's from Alberta is Derek Ryan, but <laughs> Yeah, Derek Ryan, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. I like the hockey the hockey theme. And for both of you, what is your favorite thing to eat each? Uh it varies between chicken wings and steak, definitely. Yeah, I, I share both of those. We're a big chicken wing eating family. Yeah. Yeah. Any any sports fan needs to like chicken wings. I think it's a it's a contractual obligation. Um, and for each of you, what is your favorite movie? Well, I'm recently watching the MCU movies, so I might be a little like. Yeah, those are better just because I recently watched them, but huge fan of the MCU, Star Wars, Harry Potter stuff, but probably right now would be Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a good one. And Mark, what about you? Yeah, Alex says uh, we, we spend a lot of time watching movies, and Alex prefers to watch them in the order that they happen in real life. Yeah. And so whether well, it was Harry on. Potter or Star Wars... I would say probably uh, the last Harry Potter movie is probably really? one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie, long but good, and it's it's hard exactly. to make a movie good that's that long as well. So there's that. So sticking with the MCU uh, theme here, what for each of you as well? Who is your favorite superhero in the Marvel universe? I've been asking you that, and you're like, stop asking me that. Um, <laughs> Probably currently Spider-Man, but yeah. And I would say Captain America for me. I really like yeah, that's that. That's a good one. The, the values and the superhero abilities. 
Definitely. Iron Man's mind. I've always liked Iron Man. He's like the Elon Musk of comic books. So I like that about him. Um, and Alex, what, ooh, so I know this is a, a, always an easy question for someone who's in their preteens, but what would you like to be when you grow up? I mean, you can give a few careers that you might want to do if you want. I, I've been thinking about that a lot and I don't really have any few that have popped up as like sports analysis because I know a lot about really all types of team sports. Um, maybe like something to do with movies or writing. I don't know. That'd be cool. Journalism was mine when I was, when I was that age and I ended up going into it, not finishing the program, but here I am doing podcasting, which is basically journalism. So there you go. And the last one, which always seems to be the hardest. And again, for each of you, if you could be anyone living or dead for 24 hours, who would you choose? I'd be Wayne Gretzky in the eighties. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I, 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 I liked your Elon Musk answer before somebody like a Bill Gates or an Elon Musk, just one of those visionaries that has the ability to do whatever she or he wants to do, but also realizes how much impact they can have. And in one day I could help change and benefit a lot of things, I think. Yeah, and those are good ones because they're both self-made. They, they came from pretty much nothing, too. So, Alex, do you have one, or is that, is, is that a little too hard? You can say hockey player, actor, Probably whatever. A hockey player, that would be the only thing. A hockey player or fictional character would be mine, so. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. And, and well, the cabbie, I remember, what, I don't know if you guys watched Cabbie's interview, but he said any athlete that's won a championship from – the start of the day to the end of the day. And, and I thought that was a very cool answer. That was one of my favorites, but there's really so many people you can pick. It's, I think it's a mood thing. So just back into the questions a bit. So I really wanted to touch on this because this is not necessarily unique, but only a few guests have, have been this kind of person. And Mark, so you and your wife founded the Starrett Family Foundation in 2013, I believe. Yes. And that was to raise awareness and funds for neuromuscular conditions, as well as make the world more accessible. And how, how did it come about that you started that foundation? Well, it was interesting. And so uh, it, this would have been in the spring of 2013. And Alex had just been diagnosed. So he wasn't diagnosed uh, at birth. It, it was a couple of years into. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I thought I was three when I was diagnosed. Yeah. And so uh, the, um, uh, it, it, it started out shortly after his diagnosis. And what I like to say is that we kind of went through this, this dark period um, where we're questioning things and, and sad and things like that and, and quickly transitioned to how we realized that as a family, we were so fortunate uh, to be in the position that we are in, uh, that we were blessed to be able to, if Alex needed something, we had the ability to, to make things happen, to make life easier for him. Uh, but so many people uh, throughout our country or around the world don't have that same opportunity. And so we quickly said, how can we make it so that um, those that are born or uh, are diagnosed with a neuromuscular uh, condition or disease 
how can they experience some of the same opportunities that we have? So uh, it, it shouldn't matter um, whether you're diagnosed or born in a city or town in whatever province throughout the country. And so we've worked hard to try to uh, enhance research, enhance education to kind of make those opportunities and that knowledge translation um, happen from coast to coast. Definitely. And it's, it's, it's awesome to hear you did that. And, and what are some of the things like with COVID, how has that affected the foundation itself? Well, in our biggest, uh, our fundraiser once a year is we used to have a, a poker tournament where we'd have 80 to 100 people in our home and raise a bunch of money in one night and have a bunch of fun and great food and things like that. And so this past spring, uh, we've not been able to do it and we're wondering out loud whether we're going to be able to do it this spring again. And so the, you learn to think about things differently. And so we're, we're very fortunate to have some wonderful network of people and organizations that we've been working with and talking with over the past few years. And so it's about thinking about things differently. Um, what we do know is that, uh, I mean, in, over, whether it's at the end of the year here or uh, in the summertime, just getting random checks in the mail that said, hey, we love the work you're doing, was just thinking of you. Um, there's so much of a need. And, and this does, isn't just about what we're doing, but charities across the country, right? Uh, during a pandemic or during a time of economic uh, weakness that comes from a pandemic, uh, there's a lot of people in need, right? So we have to think of inventive ways to keep pushing forward and trying to continue to make an influence and uh, make things matter. Definitely. And that's that's why I started the podcast is, is COVID. And it kind of became apparent that, you know, disabled people, there's still a lot of, of work to do for awareness and, and fundraising for certain disabilities that you know what, I, I should start something. And, and I'm so happy I did because I've met so many amazing people. I think this is episode like 36 or something, which is quite a lot since April. It's It's been busy, but it's been a lot of fun. And, and with the foundation, who are some of the main people who have helped and supported you along the way? Well, I, I think it, it starts with our board. So a few years into our foundation, we decided to take it from not just a, a family entity or a family vehicle, but trying to bring some of those community leaders that I talked about earlier uh, to, to provide proper governance. Uh, it also provided some great network to be able to get into some rooms and to make some wonderful impact. And then I think about things like, I mean, obviously we've supported the Paralympic Foundation of Canada in the past. Um, there's some wonderful children's hospital foundations and programs that are going on. And it's just amazing that this platform, this foundation has allowed us to meet so many interesting people. Uh, it's also enabled us, and I know some of your earlier podcasts, Clayton, were with some of the medical professionals uh, that have guided you over the years. And, and that's one of the benefits that we've seen in the friendships uh, of some of these wonderful frontline workers or specialists that, um, that deal with kids and families and adults uh, of some of these neuromuscular diseases uh, year in, year out. And without them, uh, my goodness, I'd wonder where we would be in our country if we didn't have people like that helping and guiding and researching and coming up with potential treatments and things like that. Definitely. And Mark, Mark Tarnopolsky, my, my neuromuscular specialist, is just what a smart person. Like I've listened to his podcast with with other doctors and, and it's like they're speaking a different language. They're so smart and so advanced in what they do that it's like, 
how how do you remember all this? Like it it really is quite impressive. And and what are some of your favorite memories from the foundation so far? I mean, uh, the, the part of it is the 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 social, so the everybody getting together for a common cause and the feeling great at the end of the night of having accomplished uh, raising fifty, sixty thousand dollars in in one evening uh, is a pretty special feeling. Um, and then the flip side of that is when you get to write the checks, uh, when you investigate and hear about the programs, the, the researchers, the institutions that are doing great work across the country, and, and you're able to make connections into that and, and write a check. And then, and then after you write the check, the world is, it's not over, right? You get to see what they do with it. Uh, I remember the first uh, gift um, for, uh, from our foundation was to the Canadian Neuromuscular Disease Registry. So this is an organization across Canada made up of all the top neuromuscular uh, clinicians and specialists and basic scientists. And their job is to put together, uh, Clayton, yours or Alex's experiences of what it's like to live, what's the data. Uh, and so it helped to prepare for drugs that have now come onto the market. We're at a time with SMA or DMD where they just weren't there. And now we're at a point where we're, we're trying to make them accessible uh, to, to different families and to different people. And so I think the, the neuromuscular disease registry and one of our closest friends is, is the founder of that now, uh, Dr. Lawrence Corngut. Um, and, and the relationships and the friendships that come out of that is just amazing. Definitely. And I, I will be interviewing him at some point, obviously with oh, cool. COVID, with COVID, he doesn't have the, the time, but he, he had said like, you know, when, whenever this ceases, whenever, you know, the cases start to drop again, he, he would be honored to do it. So that, that should be very interesting. It, it's, I'm very grateful for him and what he's done for the neuromuscular community for sure. You'll see how gentle you are with us and be uh, excited to do it now. <laughs> Hopefully, I hope so. And and so obviously charities and advocacy groups play a huge part in disabled people's lives. And, and Alex, I'll go to you for this. What are some of the charities and organizations that have helped you throughout your life? I, I'm not sure. I mean- Some of the equipment maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I, FSCD, I guess, and Children's Hospital. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So there, there's one thing maybe I can help you. So Alex has been getting for uh, CP for kids. So he was uh, a couple of times he's been getting a, an adaptable bicycle um, that he's been able to use, which is pretty cool. Um, the, the Sledge Hockey Foundation, which, uh, um, I mean, obviously we pay our entry fees when Alex was playing sledge hockey, but I mean, those people that are raising money to get the equipment, get the ice times uh, for all these kids to go out and have fun are, are really important. Yeah. And then you have some faith-based stuff that you've given to money to in the past and it's, uh, and some hospital stuff that you've given to recently. Yeah. The, good, the good thing about the, the residual checks from our friends at Canadian Tire, it's like from doing the commercial, Alex mm -hmm. gets to sit down not only with the family, but on his own every year to decide uh, maybe how he wants to help out a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely cool to hear. That's, that's awesome to that that first skate program is is incredible. Like you, you see the commercials all the time what they do and and 
you know, very helpful with the LGBTQ, the disabled community, the, you know, like other, other racial groups, the, they help indigenous people. Like, it's just, it's really cool to see all the groups that they really do help, but mainly the, the disability groups, but it's, it's just really cool to see. And, and so obviously this question won't be on every podcast, but it will be until COVID's over. So obviously with COVID over the last 11 to 13 months, it's been, it's been difficult for the disabled community. What do you two think are, are some good ways to keep raising awareness while life is sort of on hold? I was planning on restarting my YouTube channel and I had like, a, I did a presentation for the end of grade six, so last year and like basically just, um, it's basically like what some words people say, like handicapped for some, for one and like the history of it and like that I did a survey online, there are about 200 people on it, um, and did an audit on my school and just experiences. I also did interviews with uh, David Legg, um, who were the other ones, I forget. I did three interviews, Devin, um, who was the other one again? The, um, the guy that made an app or whatever. I forget now, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Wait, you can I, maybe I Clay will edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can also I can also link your YouTube channel if you're comfortable with that in the bio yeah. if you want. That would be that that would be cool. I'd be I'd be honored to do that. And and well, as a disabled person yourself, what are some of the things you've been doing to keep busy during COVID? Lots of video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's me too. I, I stream actually. I, I play video games on my on my Facebook page, and that that's been one of my main things, other than the podcast, because there's really nothing else to do other than watch movies. I binge watch Mandalorian. That's about it. I I watch since Disney Plus came out. I watched all the Star Wars timeline TVs and movies, nearly at Infinity War and MCU. Um. Behind yeah. the scenes of the Mandalorian yeah. gallery and stuff like that. Those are awesome. Yeah. It's it's Definitely. interesting, Clayton, because when you talk about it, so Alex has not been in school since September. Uh, so he's been doing this combination of being no, online. March. March. Oh, since last March. That's true. Yeah. So not only since last March, but started the school year, even though um, classes are back in Alberta for the most part, um, he hasn't been a part of that. And so it's tough. Um, I, I think that those with a disability, um, some of the mental health issues cannot be, uh, cannot be not talked about. Uh, I think it's really important for our community uh, to talk about it, to get support, um, and to just realize that just like with our, our senior population, right? It's, it's uh, um, on some of our demographics, it's not just as easy as saying, oh, you get to stay home. I mean, Alex hasn't been able to see his friends as much. He, yeah, he plays video games with them, but as we know, that's very different social interaction yeah. when you're yelling at each other across a, <laughs> a streaming platform, right? So, yeah. But it's yeah. tough and, and it's, yeah. uh, um, so anytime we can talk about it, anytime we can find resources to support or other things to do, like being on a podcast with you, um, we're excited to do it. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. And, and that's about all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I, I really appreciate it. And it will be posted on Friday. So you can, uh, you can share it with all your friends and family. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you guys. This has been really cool. And you guys take care of yourselves and all the best this season. We're uh, division rivals this year. So it should be interesting. Exactly. Yeah. We won't hold it against you, though, Clay. <laughs> Definitely not. And uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a Flames fan anyway. I've got some Alberta buddies, so they're, they're my close second Canadian team, unless they're playing the Leafs. That's about my only exception. No, All right, thanks guys. For, thanks for talking with us and be yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You too, guys. Take care. And uh, like, like I said, all the best. Perfect. Yeah. Bye-bye now. Bye.